Bob Icino, the founder of the Chief Strategist of Path Trading Partners, is with us this morning. Bob, welcome. Good to have you with us this Wednesday. A big move lower in crude yesterday. What was behind the selling? Yeah, good morning, Ben. I think it was a couple of things. Number one, obviously, the IMF dropped global growth forecast. Now, quite frankly, they're late to the party. Uh, they're one of the last ones to do that. We've seen any uh, institutions, analysts, mm -hmm. government organizations, NGOs all drop global growth forecasts over the last month or so. Uh, IMF was kind of the last to the party on that, but still, it was a decent sized drop, um, six basis points and two basis points, depending on uh, which year you're talking about, 2022, 2023. And then on top of that, you had the Biden administration lose the case on leases. So now they have to go forward with lease sales uh, and auctions starting in June throughout eight different states, which I think took some of the speculation out that there wouldn't be any excess U.S. drilling. Now, it's obviously a longer term thing, but speculators can move on those things pretty quickly. You're seeing a rebound in crude oil today, possibly a stabilization. But I still think you're looking at a very distinct supply problem, whereas the conflict between Russia and Ukraine goes on, the war goes on. Uh, we're going to lose barrels, more barrels than we've already lost out of Russia. Russia was uh, very, uh, very much below their production quota based on the OPEC allowable, OPEC plus allowable production cuts, and OPEC themselves underproduced. So you're talking about 157% compliance to the proposed production cuts, which means 57% more than they're uh, supposed to be compliant with. In other words, less production. So we still have those issues. And as we're looking across uh, the, the upcoming holiday that we've got at the end of the month, or I'm sorry, at the end of May, airfare uh, travel plans are up. So the demand, at least from a domestic standpoint, is still there. So there's probably a floor in crude oil as we speak now. Yeah, I've been hearing about how uh, higher prices at the pump have really yet to derail some of those travel plans for the holiday weekend coming up as bookings have been up as well. Let's talk a little bit about how, well, with China on lockdown, it seemed to be kind of helping ease prices off that 130 level. But now, again, we're hearing of uh, some 10 million people that are, uh, well, some of those lockdowns have been eased. Yeah, at the same time, we're seeing factory opens in China. Tesla was one of them that had slowly sort of rotating shifts back in their Tesla plant in China. So you are hearing about them easing, at least from a perspective of work, maybe not necessarily from a perspective of consuming or the consumer themselves. So that's obviously going to put a little bit of a perk into demand, not yeah. much, because they're going to do it slowly. And they're still talking about zero COVID as a policy which most countries have abandoned sort of in general. So but, you could see lockdowns go back into effect, but that's certainly going to put a little bit of a pump up into demand. Now, of course, again, the main factor geopolitically is Ukraine and Russia, and that still seems to be uh, in full force. So we have to look at it from that perspective of supply as well. But again, to your point earlier, a bit of a backdrop at the very least here in terms of some of the selling that we've seen as the supply issues still remain in uh, 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 factor to consider. Bob, talk to us. It sounds like you're still somewhat bullish crude. Uh, one of the things I've been keeping an eye on is the 50-day moving average. And while we did see a brief visit down below it, we found support around 92, 93, kind of a double bottom there. Now, I guess I'm wondering, uh, we're seeing some lower highs, though, as well. We're kind of forming into a bit of a pennant pattern here in many ways, I guess uh, one could call it, as we kind of consolidate. You see the next breakout to the upside. You still see demand and strength here in terms of price? 
I do. I see the next breakout being to the upside. We, we have a live stream on Tuesday and Thursday. We have a podcast we do on Friday. And we were at about 106. And I said I would buy about four or five dollars lower than here. And people scoffed at me. And I'm like, look, when you're seeing crude oil, you're seeing the most volatile market prior to cryptocurrencies. Those kinds of moves are not unusual. And we got one yesterday. Now, it pales in comparison to the over 13 percent move we saw in the prior four sessions. You know, we were only down about four and three quarters, a little bit more than that on the close yesterday. So you still had that whole 13% move higher over four days. We generally drop quicker than we rally in most assets. Crude oil is not a stranger to that. But I still think the next breakout is going to be the upside because the supply problems are not going away and the demand uh, problems are building, especially as we move in to the summer driving season, which really kicks off at the beginning of the next month. Take a quick look at where things stand in terms of the recent run-up here. Back up to 109. We pull back to 102. As I mentioned, we found support around that 50-day moving average. We'll continue to watch here as we're slowly starting to inch back up here a bit. Uh, talk to us about gold also holding bid, even with a strong U.S. dollar. These commodities remain relatively elevated. We saw 2003 yesterday in gold, and uh, it's pulled back again back to 1950 here, Bob, as it does seem like some of those rallies have been short-lived, but it continues to uh, uh, hold upper levels here for the most part amidst some of these tensions as you mentioned here the focus remains on ukraine yeah i think one of the things that i'm struggling with is a reason to sell gold uh as you know ben we've talked about it multiple times we're long gold currently we've been long since last july which is a very long uh term position for us our average hold time is really about 26 27 trading days uh, we've been long gold since last July, and I really can't find a reason to sell it. As I go through the fundamental cases for gold, one of the reasons to sell it was that cryptocurrencies were taking some of the mm -hmm. sort of tailwind from gold, mm -hmm. and that has not been the case lately. Cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, are literally bound to the NASDAQ. And as we get asset price sell-offs and interest rates kind of slowing down on their increases, gold becomes uh, something that you could rely on as sort of a, a flight to safety more so than a flight to quality. Um, I think people get confused between the two. Gold is a safety asset, it's not necessarily a quality asset as it has no yield, it has no dividend. Uh, stocks, I would say, would be a flight to quality. Um, flight to safety is definitely gold. And as you see these geopolitical tensions continue, threats of a potential low level nuclear weapon as uh, Ukraine talked mm -hmm. about yesterday, mm -hmm. I, I just, I struggle to find a reason to get out of a gold long. I don't know if I'd necessarily put one on here, but I suspect over the medium to long term, we're going to break that sort of 2080 level highs uh, that we had last year around July. I've heard gold referred to as a, a product to never short necessarily, one to be more neutral rather than long at times, but uh, not necessarily one to short. Um, uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but kind of it does support your narrative there in terms of uh, not necessarily uh, uh, saying that uh, uh, you would buy it at these levels, but uh, it is supported. We've seen that, and prices have been now. Uh, also, again, I I've been talking a lot about with these recent sanctions. It'll be curious to see if uh, Vladimir Putin snaps back in some form or another. Obviously, we hope he doesn't, but uh, we haven't heard from him, seems like, in a while. Uh, he did mention some unintended or unprecedented consequences towards the U.S. if we continue to support Ukraine, and we have. So I'm Curious if we're actually going to see something at some point. It seems like gold's remained elevated throughout some of those concerns and unease. Talk to me about copper, silver, palladium, platinum uh, in a heavy EV-focused future here right now, Bob. You have these sort of supply chain constraints ultimately. 
uh, that have held things back a little bit in terms of uh, some of these e-vehicles. But this is the wave of the future, ultimately. And uh, as a result, we've seen prices relatively elevated there in addition to some of the tensions in Ukraine. Sure. One of the things we're looking at from a supply chain perspective is that things have actually gotten worse, especially in the mm -hmm. chip sector. Uh, last month, we had the lag time actually grow, not shrink. And again, the conflict, right, certainly not helping, especially considering the amount of these sort of uh, necessary metals for that EV future coming out of sort of the region that's involved in conflict now. So I don't necessarily, it's a similar a similar thesis, but for different reasons, is I don't necessarily want to be short things like palladium or actually long a uranium ETF. Those are things I don't necessarily want to be short. But I do think from a perspective of global growth, copper might suffer a little bit. And silver seems to be tailing more with gold, taking on that sort of effect of being the poor man's gold more so than an industrial metal. Uh, copper itself has been struggling to break out of this channel that it's been in, albeit it's been at the upper end of the channel recently up until yesterday. Um, that is more of a, of a sort of global growth story than anything. And again, as China comes out of lockdown, you're likely to see a tail, tailwind behind copper, but global growth slowing, slight headwind. So you might get a little bit of uh, out of copper there. Palladium always in deficit. I think one of the things I noticed, uh, for example, in Jamie Dimon's note um, from JP Morgan, he mentioned deep in the note that uh, uh, fossil fuels, specifically crude oil, is still critical for the foreseeable future. That might be something that could hit some of these EV-based metals if that actually became sort of the general accepted principles. I don't think it's there yet, but that could be something that puts a tailwind in some, or a headwind rather in something like palladium. Here's a look at palladium real quick, hugging the 50-day moving average for the most part. We looked at copper. Uh, again, we were, it's been holding above the 50-day moving average. Um, Bob, lastly, well, actually, I've got two more for you. First, grain. So we've been watching corn breaking out, kind of feeding into some of these inflation concerns that we've seen. Wheat, we're talking beans at elevated prices. I actually heard uh, soybean oil uh, into record highs here overnight. I mean, uh, again, it seems like if it's not one commodity, it's the other, which are kind of fueling these inflation fears. Yeah, I was uh, asked quite a bit about a year and a half ago if I thought we were entering a commodity super cycle. And when I started talking about the necessities to call it a commodity super cycle, one of those would be that all commodities were rising. Mm -hmm. uh, another one of those would be the last eight to 10 years. We can go through the whole list of them. All commodities are rising now, so we can check that box. And again, the ags, I mean, there has been strength in the ags. That has been a buy-the-dip market, and I see no reason to move away from that strategy regardless. Soybeans and soybean oil are actually lagging a little bit behind corn and wheat mm -hmm. picked mm -hmm. up in recent days. I think you have to think about it from a perspective of uh, Ukraine, Russia, both big suppliers, both likely to miss their planting seasons because of what's going on over there. You cannot short these ags right now, given the fundamental backdrop. You should only be buying dips if those dips actually hold and turn back up. You don't want to catch a falling knife in ags because something might be going on that you're not privy to. But certainly if you see ags drop and start to turn back up, that's a dip you're likely to want to grab hold of. Yeah, I don't want to fall, catch a falling knife in anything, ags or commodities or any of these products. But let's take a look here at the corn right now as it has been and continues to be holding upper levels in a recent breakout here. It really is yet to look back now up to 8.20 yesterday. Well, just shy, 8.19.75. You can see on the daily time frame here the move up. And, uh, Bob, lastly, you mentioned, again, you don't want to necessarily be 
uh, uh, selling gold uh, or buying gold up here, but you did mention a little while ago how you wanted to be selling your Bitcoin. Talk to us as prices have come off those upper levels. And uh, we've seen, again, a reflection, as you mentioned, of the NASDAQ and what's been playing out here in terms of the indices and that risk-off sentiment coming into play. Well, certainly the heat to regulate cryptocurrencies, at least domestically, has died down mm -hmm. uh, ever since Pre President Biden released this sort of executive order that it needs to be studied, whatever that means. Um, that kind of fervor has died down. But the correlation between Bitcoin and the Nasdaq has probably gotten stronger. You put up a, a Bitcoin versus Nasdaq chart, you look over the last six, eight months, it's almost tick for tick. So as long as there's a pressure on the NASDAQ, which I feel that the NASDAQ is, well, I don't feel from a technical uh, definition, the NASDAQ is in a bear market and the moves up are bear, are bear market rallies until we get to new highs. So you don't necessarily have to consider Bitcoin in a bear in a bear market rather. But if we are in a bear market and we do go back and test those levels, Bitcoin's going to do the same thing. The correlation is just really, really positive right now, close to one. We'll keep an eye on it. Bitcoin here right now. Uh, at current levels here, uh, as we have been watching here, it's failed recently around that 50,000 levels come off significantly here. Watch as it continues to get a little bit of a lift here with the risk on sentiment coming back into the ES. Bob, I always appreciate you joining us here. A great look this Wednesday morning at uh, some of the commodities with the founder and chief strategist of Path Trading Partners. Thanks again, Bob.